Welcome to Decaf with the Beacon Center of Tennessee. I'm Taylor. This is Mark. We are, I'm in the office. He's at home. I wish that the roles were switched today, but unfortunately they are not. Um, but boy, do we have a show for you today. So let's just jump right in. I saw an article on Twitter today, and Mark is going to have some strong feelings about this because if you don't know Mark, you should know that he is the budget king. He prides himself on always having his financial house in order, and I love that for him. Um, but this article said that one in three Americans living on at least $250,000 are currently living paycheck to paycheck. And even worse, I mean, that's, that's part of the financial situation that America is in. And all of the financial situation that we're in with inflation, everything is leading to, um, I saw in the Wall Street Journal, businesses are closing because they can't find workers. The labor costs are too high. The material costs are too high. And so there's so many businesses that are closing because they just can't afford to pay people and can't afford to pay workers. And so I know that we can probably weave all these things together, but how is this happening? $250,000 and you're living paycheck to paycheck. That seems completely unreasonable. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give, I mean, I'll give kind of my thoughts generally later. I don't, I think there is some very specific examples where people who are making $250,000 do live paycheck to paycheck and it's reasonable, maybe like 1% of those people who are, you know, putting money into a business, they're starting, so, I, I don't know. Living um, in New York or LA. <laughs> yeah, but it is still insane. You should not be making $250,000 and living paycheck to paycheck. And that's, I mean, we can blame the economy, we can blame everything else, but like that is irresponsibility. If, if you are making that much money and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're either paying too much for your house, too much for your apartment, you're doing too much stuff. And like, I like to have fun. I like to do all those things, but I always make sure, you know, I have at least money to live on where I'm not, if something were to happen. I mean, that's the biggest issue. If you're making $250,000 and you live paycheck to paycheck, that means that your expenses are through the roof. Yeah. If you were to get laid off or fired, my gosh, you're like, you're going to be bankrupt super quick. One of my mom's biggest pieces of advice to me when I graduated from college was to never be house poor. And so with my salary, I could afford to live in a nicer place if I wanted to, but I don't want to be house poor. I want to, I want to pay what I need to pay for a house and then live, have money. If I get a flat tire, have money. If I want to go out to dinner, have money. If I want to go on a trip. And so I think that with the housing prices on the rise, it's one of the things that we we always talk about housing prices are going up, inflation's going up. What are these people doing where they can't afford to pay for where they're what they're doing? I think it's a big issue too. Because I think I saw I saw some article basically saying that uh, there's an economist saying that he thinks a recession is coming very quickly, uh, and I think that last month was the first month that housing prices went down. Um, and they raise the uh, interest rates on them, mm -hmm. which is like all of these things combined with the inflation and all the, the shortages, like this feels like a recession is going to be coming on. I'm not an expert. I'm not going to pre pretend to know that. But with that being said, it's like, if you are making that much money, you're one of the first, you know, most expendable people for a company. Even if you're really great at your job, they if, if they go under, they're like, you know what, we have to cut costs. They're going to cut the high salary costs. Exactly. So the idea that some people, I mean, one third is so insane to me living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Me, I don't know if it's a self-selected survey where they don't really know what paycheck to paycheck means, but that literally means if you were to not get a paycheck next week, you wouldn't be able to pay for the things you need just to like right. live. So right. like th that is concerning and that makes me really wonder about people um, where we can blame all these things and all these things are going on the outside, but this is a personal responsibility thing. And you know, if I made $250,000, 
I promise I would not be living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> I can assure you I would not be living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, maybe I, six months to six months. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, that is so, it's a lot of money. And I do understand there's different cost of living. Um, but if I was making $250,000, oh. even if I live in New York City, I'm not going to be trying to spend like 10 grand a month or 15 grand a month, or probably more than that for these people on an apartment. I know. I know. I can't, I can't even imagine. And, but then, but then we, we do also at, we, it brings up the question of what you just said of people not being able to keep their businesses afloat during this hard season and people not having work. I saw on Twitter last night that Janet Yellen said that she had underestimated inflation. Well, no, she, she just doesn't understand economics. Like she didn't underestimate anything. She doesn't understand what inflation is. She was not, she didn't underestimate anything. She was wrong. She said it was, you know, yeah, it was just for a, a small limited period of time. She, I, I don't know how many times you could be wrong and still like be thought of well. It's like Robert Reich. How many times do I have to listen to him be wrong? And, and still like, and still people are like, oh, look what Robert Reich said. I don't care. He's been wrong every time he's ever talked. He's not important to me. I actually had a dream a few nights ago that me and two of my best friends and my mom, my sister, my sister's husband, we were all sitting outside the Federal Reserve, like waiting for them to raise interest rates. And Janet Yellen came out to get in her car and my mom yelled at her. I literally had that dream the other night. This crazy stuff is infiltrating my subconscious and I'm now dreaming about it. Was that something like subconscious on her last name? Like Yellen, your mom yelled at her. I don't know. Was there something I think there? that my mom just genuinely doesn't like her. And so it was more subconscious of my mom yelling at somebody for raising interest rates and mismanaging our economy but which i mean you also have to wonder why the government's even in charge of interest rates to begin with but i'm not even gonna get into that but the the i, I, I just that podcast would be a long one if we got it yes, yes but but it really is like i think it's awesome that somebody could be so bad at everything and keep getting jobs there's like the basketball coaches that keep losing it's like oh yeah but like because you maybe like won one time we're gonna keep giving you jobs it, it's insane like, and and I don't understand. And this is not even happens. political. There's a lot of people on the Republicans who have been in charge of the federal, the treasury who just don't know anything. And they, they are proven wrong time and again. And yet every administration brings them back in. I, and that, this is honestly not a political either side, like both sides do this. And at some point we need some, Rand Paul for treasury. Somebody who understands, somebody who just understands that. I know I'm, I'm, calming down my language because I had um, a certain number of explicit words to say about all this last night, uh, but I've slept on it and I've calmed down, but shooey, I was mad last night. Um, speaking of mismanagement and just not, not doing the right thing, um, Wells Fargo is pushing to unionize because when you say Wells Fargo, what do you mean? Like the, the, the Wells Fargo the employees. So there are employees that have formed a committee for better banks or something like that. And they, um, Wells Fargo's had some scandals. All right. I admit I bank with Wells Fargo, but they've had some scandals. There was all the fake, fake account creations. People are saying they're not getting paid enough for the work that they're doing, whatever. And the employees are pushing to unionize that scares me. And I'm not saying I've said this a million times, but I'll say it again, because I feel like every time I say it, I get hate for it. Unions had their day. All right. Back in the grapes of wrath time, this is the second time I've talked about this today, when employee work conditions were terrible, and the employees need to take control and provide accountability. They had their day. Now, unions are just like, so hostile toward their workplace and put rules in place that employers oftentimes choose not to honor and just say, we're, we're not doing this. But Wells Fargo is pushing to unionize. And I think it would be a big mistake. Mark, what are your thoughts on that? 
I just don't care. It's like, if they want to unionize, they can. I mean, it's a private company. I mean, I think that we talk a lot, like our, our biggest issues are when you have, you know, unions that um, use tax dollars and, you know, negotiate with, with ourselves. And that's even what FDR said, like unions that negotiate with themselves, like that's going to be horrible for taxpayers. If they want to unionize, I don't care. And also if Wells Fargo wants to say like, we're not going to do any of these things you want. So like you're fired. I don't care if you unionize or not. Like that's fine too. Like that, that's how this whole thing works. And I feel like, in my opinion, people on the right have become so, you know, anti-union. We're like, oh, we don't want any unions. Like, who cares? Let them unionize if they want to. And if they don't, like, great. And like, they have to deal with the consequence. And I understand that that's where a lot of it's coming from. You know, people on the right saying, well, you know, these companies are not are gonna have to fire people. And, and I understand where it comes from, but like, let people do what they want. If they wanna, you know, unionize, they can, if, if they vote for it. Also, a lot of times we hear like, oh, these people wanna unionize. Like, we don't know that until they vote. There's might be some loud, obnoxious people who say, yeah. I want to unionize and I'm going to pretend like I have way more people, but it, it just doesn't matter. And I think that, you know, people who are, you know, believe in right to work and kind of believe in the freedom of association, I think they need to just focus on government unions. And I think private unions, whether or not I agree with them, like let them do what they want to do. And, you know, there's, there's some benefits, I guess, of having a union where you kind of have one voice uh, as opposed to a bunch of different people. Oh. But no, but, but I mean, like if, if you have, I mean, the idea of like collective bargaining, if you have 15 people who come to the, to come to a boss, say, Hey, like, we're not happy with this. And, you know, you're putting us in danger or whatever, as opposed to one or two separate people, I, I can understand why that's a benefit. I don't want to unionize. I just would never want to be part of any union, um, uh, no matter what, but I, I don't judge other people for doing that. I think, you know, a lot of people have, even if we disagree with them, they, they, they have their, you know, their family and, and their salary and, and safety and stuff in mind when they unionize. A lot of, just because the union heads are bad and a lot of them are, almost all the government unions are bad, doesn't mean the union members are. And a lot of them are doing that for the right reason. And I think that, you know, a lot of times they're taken advantage of when you're talking about the AF, AFL-CIO or the SEIU. I think that's more what I'm talking about yeah. is people thinking that unions are a silver bullet and a fix all for things. And ultimately it leads to more corruption and and just really negative outcomes for well, at least Illinois being completely bankrupt. I mean, that, and that's the whole point is like, if you're dealing with the government, I don't believe in unions at all. I, I don't think you should have government unions that deal with the government. If you want to do it privately, I just, I just don't have an issue. Whether or not I agree with it isn't important. It's like, I don't, I feel like do whatever you want and you have to face the consequences. That's what I Okay. Well, about. talk about consequences. Um, there is some spicy, spicy things going on in Atlantic City. Mark, what the? There's always spicy so, things going on in Atlantic City. There's always Number spicy one. things going on in Atlantic City, but Mark, our gambling expert, has uh, uh, some, he found some tea online about some Atlantic City casino unionized workers. What the heck is going on? Yeah, and just to be clear, when I say spicy things in Atlantic City, I mean disgusting things. That place is the pit of America. I love going there, but awful, awful place. I don't think um, I'll ever go. I think I'm good. No, I mean, I'm more suited for like the Hamptons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much different, much different. <laughs> um, but yeah, all the casino workers, um, I guess the Tropicana, uh, and like I guess it was the Caesars group casino workers say that I guess the money has picked up, um, obviously since the, the COVID uh, shutdowns. And now they want, these casino workers want part of the, uh, profits the casino makes, and they think they deserve a share of the of the post COVID recovery money. Um, so it's just, and again, this is. I don't feel like that's how that works, but whatever. It's New Jersey. It might work that way. I mean, I, honestly, I so, why not try? I mean, that is a a very you know pro union state, and I I think it's insane. And it's like these people have probably, if they were laid off, they got money from the federal government. Now they want, now that stuff's picked back up, like, oh, I don't just want what I agreed with salary wise. We agreed to salary, but I want part of what you make because you're making a lot of money. It's just, 
I, I don't think that's that's not how it should work. Uh, we'll see what the casino does. I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know the rules. And there is some states that have very pro-union rules where you can't just fire them. So I don't know what the deal yeah. is with that. Um, I think you should obviously be able to fire anybody uh, pretty much for any reason at any time if you choose to do so. But uh, with, with the with maybe a very few minimal like number of exceptions. But uh, yeah, this is, I think it's like not doing their job and no, sending no. the curb and pitching a fit. Yeah, That's I mean, I don't understand. It, it, like, if it, I stood it, outside on the curb outside Marathon Village and just pitched a fit, you would be so quick to <laughs> show me the door. <laughs> but it's like, it, it's crazy because it's like, and of course, they're uninformed about how much money the casino keeps in the first place. They're, they're talking about, oh, we want a part of this money. And then it's like, well, the casino only gets about 30% of that. So you don't already have the wrong numbers. And it's just this idea that, like, oh, we just, like, you know, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a janitor or a blackjack deal. I deserve all this money from there. It's like you agreed to a contract. I think in any case, and I was an issue, even at my Catholic school, I had um, the teachers picketed and, and we were shut down for a while. I understand that you want a better contract. I'm not arguing you shouldn't do that. But when you are putting other people at stake for a contract that you sign, that's why I have an issue. Same thing with professional football. If you sign a contract and you sit out, you said, I will play for this long for this much money. And just because you're better than expected, you're saying, oh, well, I want more. So I'm going to sit out. Like you are not honoring a contract. And right. I, I just do not believe in that no matter what. Yeah, you can't match whether or not the employer is being honorable or not. Dishonorable behavior in response to that doesn't make it any better. Well, yeah, don't honor the contract. And there's nothing bad about Caesars. They're just making more money now. That's all they're saying. It's not like they're doing anything wrong. They're just like, right. oh, well, you're bringing exactly. more money than you used to, so we want more. It's like, well, when you have your time, you can renegotiate your contract or whatever, but, but doing this, it's just bad faith. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Chicago Teachers Union too. It's like, if you have agreed to a contract, you have to finish it out. It yeah. is absolutely just something that we've all been taught growing up, right? You honor your words, you honor your contracts. And for people to do this, it's like, you are just, and if I, if I was if I was me, I'd be like, I'd try to, I would fire everyone. I'd fire yeah. every single person picketing. But again, I don't know if you can even rehire at this point with, with the way things are going. So I think they're probably using the fact that it's hard to find employees as kind of their, you know, as part of their advantage to this. Yeah, go and scorched earth Mark. This is why I stay in line because I know he is capable and willing to do it. Um, so let's pivot a little bit and talk about something closer to home. Nashville, Ron put a blog post on our website just the other day. The census data just came out recently and it showed that Nashville, I'm just going to read this. Um, Nashville saw the 12th largest population decline in the entire country and was one of only 12 cities that lost over 10,000 people along with the likes of cities like Portland, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, and New York. Now, this was the population census from July 2020 to July 2021. People are saying that Nashville is the it city. There's a lot of in-migration to Tennessee. However, as a Nashville resident who very often doesn't get trash pickup, who has flattened multiple tires driving over potholes, who had to drive to Brentwood Williamson County to do a lot of my errand running during the pandemic for one reason or another because they wouldn't let people into stores because stores had to be forced to close, who has multiple friends who have moved to Williamson County to send their kids to school when they were in person and Nashville city schools were not. I get it. I get it. I love living in Nashville. I love living close to downtown. I'm 30 and single. I like being close to all the bars and everything downtown. Uber costs are low. I, I really do love the convenience of being in my age bracket and being really close to town in Nashville. However, if I was looking to buy a home and really invest in an economy, it would not be in Davidson County. And it's for the same reason that all these other parents are saying so. I, I get it. 
it's bleak, but I get it. I'm on that list, right? I mean, I'm, I'm somebody yeah. who left who left Nashville for, you know, Franklin uh, in the last year. Now, it wasn't because of, you know, all these things because I got married and she had a house, but there's a lot of- um, <laughs> But why did she buy the house there? Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because it's close to her parents, but we'll, we'll act like it was- But Whatever. no, but I mean, it's it's really scary to be on a list with those other cities you name, right? Like that's the scariest yeah. part because it's like, you're wondering like how, and there's so many people moving and I think this is part of it. Like people are moving to Nashville when they moved, you know, it was whatever hundred, they said about a hundred people a day for a while mm -hmm. um, because they want a cool city and they want lower taxes from what they're doing. And, and you know, they, things that cost less, but when they move in and, you know, the cost of things keep going up, you talked about, you know, the shutdowns, the taxes are going up. And at some point they're going to say, look, I moved to Tennessee because I wanted lower tax. I wanted a lower cost of living. Yeah. It's still lower than New York, but why not move 20 minutes to Mount Juliet? Like Suzanne did, because it's so much cheaper. Why not move, you know, 40 minutes to Dixon? Why not move to Williamson County? Because at least if I'm paying that much money, at least I get good schools. So there's a lot of reasons to do that. And it's, that is not a good sign because again, Nashville still thought of this place that keeps growing and growing. And the fact that it hasn't, especially because a lot of that time that, that was done, it was during the pandemic where places like New York City were completely shut down. I places know. like LA were completely shut down. So it's like, that's the time you'd expect more people to come here. And I the know. fact is, I think a lot of people moved to the Nashville area and not actually Nashville. And you know, a lot of it's because of the city council, um, which we know are- um, Don't I'm get not, me started. Don't yeah, yeah, I won't say anything about that. But, but the city council, you know, and, and a lot of the rules and, and laws and taxes. And again, the taxes are not as bad as the other places, but compared to when you can go 10 minutes away and get lower taxes, why would you not? Especially when they're substantial and you can send your kid to a school that's not terrible. Like those types of things are, are matter to people. It matters. It matters to anyone who's really thinking about how they spend their money well. I mean, the 34% property tax increase was such a load of crap. I'm sorry to speak of it that way, but it was because there were so many people who were trying to move here to get a break from taxes. I mean, the, let's listen to this list of cities the other day that I just named. Portland, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, New York. That is not a good group for us to be in. And it's like that because of bad decisions made by city council, by the school board, and things like that. Heck, and I would say not just that. Like, the, the, look, the cost of things has gone up, and that's not as much as we want to blame them. Sure. It is somewhat their fault. I think the schools are probably the biggest issue. But the cost of things have gone to the point in Nashville where you know you can get a, a one bedroom for a decent one for two grand, twenty two hundred. You can move to Mount Julian and get that same place for a thousand dollars. So it does that matters too. Exactly. Well, yeah, of course. But this data was taken between July 2020 and July 2021. That was before this crazy, insane inflation that we're seeing was happening. I mean, inflation was happening, but the cost, this. Still, this cost of things had gone up a lot still. Sure, but it wasn't this and that and people were already headed out. So I think that voting with your feet is something that happens all the time. People move to different states, people move to different cities because they don't like the policies that are being put in place. And that's what we're seeing in Nashville. And we can only hope that for our city that we love, for its sake, uh, something changes. That's that's all we can hope for. All right, Mark, let's talk about something a little, I guess this isn't happy, but it's nostalgic. You had an idea yeah. for a fun topic for us today. Is it fun? It's going to be sad. What happened in the news that caught your eye? So Hojo, otherwise known as Howard Johnson, that's what- uh, Hojo? That's what yes, yes. Shut up. I've that, no, people, never heard people that. People call it that. That's like actually, they actually had that as part of their like, uh, as part of their advertising, it's which beautiful. makes sense why it's, it makes sense why it's out of business. It's um, but 
there are these hotels, but also they were more famous for having restaurants. And the restaurants were part of the hotels and they were in the 60s and 70s, like the biggest thing there was. Like they basically have in every city. I mean, it's supposed to be very good food, kind of, I think, dinerish food. I've never been to, I've been to the hotel Howard Johnson. I've never been to uh, the restaurant. I actually stayed at Howard Johnson when I went to Boston about 10 years ago, one of the last ones. But today or this week that the last Howard Johnson restaurant ever shut down. And again, it's a little bit predated to me, but People like my dad talks about it, but, you know, people from that era, they went to Howard Johnson a lot. Like Howard Johnson was a normal thing. They go there, you know, get pretty good food. And it was just a sign of the time, kind of like what we think of, you know, whether it's Blockbuster or places like that. It was just this good nostalgic feeling. And, you know, it's probably been 20, 25 years since there's been like two or three left, but the last one officially closed. And, uh, and it's just kind of a nostalgic feeling. And it makes you think about stuff from our era. Like, what are the stuff that we feel that way about? Again, Howard Johnson, my dad. But, like, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, oh, man, I really missed it. I remember when that last one closed. Yes. Well, these things haven't closed. But I remember going with my grandparents all the time to Western Sizzlin, which is somewhere that we have in the South that you probably didn't grow up with in the North and on the East Coast. But it's this buffet style restaurant that as a child it was an absolute thrill they had baked potatoes with the salt all over them they had you could get tacos like it was and they had a soft serve machine no I'm telling you thinking about it now thinking about what I put into my body as a child at Western Sizzling makes me need a detox immediately even though it's been like 25 years since I've done it I need a detox just thinking about it but man I loved it and growing up in those kind of going away or becoming less common or me realizing that I probably shouldn't have eaten that or just the fact that my grandparents were like let's go to western sizzling that is the vibe today things are just changing it's it's kind of sad and and I'm nostalgic about it so one I love the western sizzling logo I think it's an awesome logo um, yeah it's a vibe and I just also the closest one is in Jasper Tennessee and listen to this it's a five out of five like when you look at those restaurants, it's like when you look at a McDonald's or it's like what 1.4 out of five, like it's just right. people complaining. The fact that this still has good reviews, it might be. I've never been to one, but I would go to one. Maybe we should go. Western, where I don't even know where Jasper is. Dang, I don't have a clue. I, I, I maybe towards Memphis. I mean, that's kind of um, no, so it's like okay, so it's like basically it's by, by Mon Eagles uh, and kind of hey, Chattanooga area. So maybe next time we go down there. Next time we go to Chattanooga, we're going to go to Western Sizzling and see if it stacks up to what it used to what it used to be. I'll take my charcoal pills so I can detox immediately, just in case. But yeah, it looks like Western Sizzling is basically a place we're going to be talking about in twenty years. And be like, oh, the last one closed. It seems like it's kind of going that direction of Howard Johnson, but there's still some there. Sad. Do you um, think that places like that? I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but places like that, like Ruth's Chris, that's always in the hotels, like Morton Steakhouses. Do we think that that's going out of style and might close? Because I do be loving a Ruth's Chris. Their mashed potatoes are. No, I don't think so. I mean, there's these chain. I mean, but the thing is, as more when you talk about places like this, I think the reason a lot of them close is because you get more local. It is crazy to me that Morton Steakhouse is still open in Nashville. I know. Um, and actually, I talked to our friend Christine, who went there last night. I'm like, why did you all decide to go to Morton Steakhouse as like the this event? It's insane. And not that it's bad. I'm not trying to say anything, but like, you're it, it's a chain steakhouse, and there's a lot of good local ones. And I feel like that's what happens to these places, like that they're good and people like them, and they're great in like small towns. But when you in the cities, like you have all these local options, and why would you pick yeah. this chain restaurant over a local option? Um, so the one place that I really miss, I think everyone misses Blockbuster. That was kind of the thing that everyone loved, but I have a kind of a, a controversial opinion. I like Blockbuster. 
I preferred Hollywood video. And, and when Hollywood video went out of business and the thing is I used to go with like, I would have my allowance or whatever. I go like nine bucks and you could buy like four movies. They were used movies on VHSs. Yeah, and that was my favorite thing. I just buy a bunch of movies I've never seen. I'm like it is cheaper than renting it. And like, maybe it's good. A lot of times it wasn't, but it was a dollar. Who cares? Yes. I always bought, I had all the Mary Kate and Ashley VHS movies that I had bought from the dollar bin at Hollywood video. Yeah, and so I remember I remember going with my dad on Saturday nights and getting to pick out a movie and I never wanted to go down the horror movie aisle because even the covers were too scary for me. But I remember where I would want to go in Hollywood video. It was over to the right where all the teenager movies were and get a movie. And one of the saddest things, I will say this is one of the things that I wish I was born a few years earlier. You couldn't get a Hollywood video card until you were 15. Yeah, I knew that, yeah. 15 to get a card. And by the time I was 15, Hollywood video was gone in my town. And so I never got my own Hollywood video card. Oh no. So so one of the coolest things that my best friend's brother worked there and he was like 16 and we were like 13 or 12. So we used to get there and like on top of him getting these movies for us, it would be like 50% off. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot at like, you know, two hours to $1, but when you have like 20 bucks total, it's a huge deal. I know. And you could get those bags of cotton candy whenever I was there with my dad. Oh, I love this. Standing at the counter and I would just slide a bag of cotton candy on the counter and he would say, don't tell your mother. And I would have to eat the whole thing in the car before we got home so that my mom didn't know I got it. That's insane. That's a lot. I love that. But the, the only thing that Blockbuster had, Blockbuster that better popcorn, because they had like that, you know, campfire style popcorn. You yes. Pop. Yeah. Hollywood video had the buckets that you had the plastic on top and you would put it in the microwave and it would pop in the bucket. But man, I loved Hollywood video. I remember in Aniston, they had like confetti carpet and I remember <laughs> everything was, they would always be playing movies in there. We went like every Saturday and rented a movie from Hollywood video. And then by the time I was 15, Redbox existed because it was all DVDs by then. And so I never got a Hollywood video card. I just got Redbox. So sad. So yeah, sad that those things are shame. gone. I feel, I'm feeling very nostalgic right now. I might go watch a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie tonight. Um, you got anything to add, Mark, before we sign off for the day? Nope, I think that's it. Good show. All right. Well, we will be here next month, next week. I mean, not next month, next week. I will be uh, coming to you from Atlanta, which will be really fun. Going to see a friend in concert and going to a Braves game. So that'll be a good vibe. So maybe we'll talk about something Atlanta related. I'll get a topic from one of our friends at Georgia Policy or GCO. and We can talk about something that we're all doing together. Uh, Good to see everyone. And we'll see you next week.